somebody to take over and play lovely melodies for me as I walk up here. <laughs> Brother Warmington, if you couldn't, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, please don't try. That's okay. You do so good. If anyone, Sister Karen would be the, would be the one. It's good. But praise the Lord. God is so good. <clears throat> I love the sweet spirit of the Lord. I really, we don't have to listen to me speak. We can just keep worshiping because the Lord was moving. I wish more people would really understand if you truly lived your life as it wasn't your own, it wouldn't be that hard to live for the Lord because this life is for him. That's why we choose holiness. That's why we choose meekness. That's why we choose all of those fruits of the spirit that we aspire to be because my life is truly not my own. But that's not even what I'm going to speak on tonight. You don't have to <clears throat> stand or anything. I'm not going to start off reading a scripture. I'm just going to talk to you guys from a, from a point of view that has really stuck out to me with my job. And I came and I was telling Brother Warbington about it after work. And he said, oh, that's a good thought. You should speak on that. Okay, well, and it's a good thought. I just gave you a one-liner. Now you're supposed to take it and make something out of the one-liner. I'm helping you. Um, but I thought, okay, well, I'll just kind of make this point. And hopefully <clears throat> with this point, y'all can take home something good. So as many of y'all know, I've started a new role. <clears throat> and if you don't know, then, then good. <clears throat> if people ask what my occupation is, I say I'm pastor's wife of Flonook Apostolic Church. And it's the best job I could have in the entire world. Amen. <laughs> but sometimes in the secular job that I can do, it can be quite controversial <laughs> for others, not for me. <laughs> But let me say this, I want to clarify, um, I don't care if you are far left, far right, far up, far down, I don't care if you identify as the polka dot fanatic, or whatever union you're with, or not with, or whatever, I love you, and you are welcome here, okay, so it's a little different, I feel like being in leadership, and working, serving a political office, um, those lines um, do not cross into this into this building, at least for me. If you ever want my opinion on something, you can find me at the Capitol Monday through Friday from 7.30 a.m. to about 7.30 p.m. I will be there, unfortunately. But in my role, my job during session is dealing with all the legislators, which is so joyful. Wow. Um, I, my job is to review every single education bill that is filed. And sometimes, even though it does not pertain solely to education, if they say something that has to do with K-12 or a K-12 building or higher ed, unfortunately, it comes across my desk. Those are interesting bills. Um, if you don't know what's going on, we're in legislative session right now. There's a lot of bills being filed and a lot of laws being passed. Um, but my job is to review every single education bill and then determine if our office should support, oppose, or remain neutral. I'm also the liaison to the Department of Education, so I have to review their proposed legislation and approve or deny it if they can run it. And finally, I assist in bill drafting for my boss's legislative priorities. We like to refer to ourselves as ghostwriters. My boss just had a very large bill passed and signed into law, and I'm not here to say if it's good or bad. 
I am neutral. But I want to talk about many, the many hours that we had concerning the bill. Do you want to know what the two things we met on the most? Funding, number one. And then number two, whether you believe it or not, we spent more hours discussing with legislators the words shall versus may. We were in committee rooms for hours over shall versus may. I wanted to beat my head against a lovely wall because I said, oh, would somebody just make a decision? You're killing me here. And one of the representatives spoke up and she said, I'm sorry, but this is important. She said, there are a lot of shall and mays in this 145-page bill, and I expect to read every single one. And I said, all right, sister, we're going line by line. Here we go. And so that's why I wouldn't be getting home until 9 or 10, because we really were peeling through all 144 pages of bill. You see, schools shall have training versus schools may have training. Districts may have a safe room versus they shall have a safe room. State board may promulgate rules or state board shall promulgate rules. Shall was used 581 times in this bill, and the word may was used 167 times. So you can see why we're working so late, coming through each one, and then we debated each one unless it was existing law. So it was a very long process. But because shall means there is no option, it must be done, or the law will be broken. Whereas the word may is permissive. It's a good intention, but there's nothing we can really hold you to. So if we say the state board may promulgate rules, they may draft some rules. A district may have a safe room, that's permissible. Sure, a school may have training on this or that. That's up to the school. But if you change that one three-letter word to shall, the four-letter word, your permissiveness just went out the window, and now you have to do it. It is law. We just had another bill filed. A senator brought me a bill, and he said, this is just a technical correction bill. You know, it shouldn't be a big deal. If, he said, I just made a small change if you'll just, you know, read over it. I love technical correction bills, right? I'm like, oh, I'm sure you're just changing an and or the. No, no, no. He changed. Instead of a student shall take a CS course to graduate, that he changed it to may take a CS course to graduate. That's not a technical correction. That little word affects over 400,000 students in all the schools in the state of Arkansas. Because of his one little word that he changed, we have been inundated with phone calls from CEOs and national companies angered over it, but then some have called and they have rejoiced over it and they couldn't be happier all over one little word. So his little technical correction bill, it's not really just a little 
technical correction bill. So this got me thinking about how powerful one little bird, bird, that too, one little word can be, shall. This one word can cause outrage, relief, joy, sadness, hope, confusion, frustration, Whichever side you're on or whatever word, whatever bill, that one word can really impact your life. And I was struck in and all about how can one word cause such a ruckus. So Brother Warbington and I were driving home one night after work. I think you come to pick me up or went to dinner. And I was venting to him about all my meetings and how much of my meetings are over this one word that has dominated my last few weeks. But then I told him during my frustration, I thought upon the word of God, which I don't always do, but try to aspire to be like that. When you're frustrated, think on the word of God. And I just got to thinking about how truly powerful that one word is. Acts chapter 2, verse 38, then Peter said unto them, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remissions of sins, and ye shall... Somebody say, shall, ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. You see, shall implies a promise, a command, or determination. When shall is uttered with emphasis, it expresses determination in the speaker and implies an authority to enforce the act. Jesus says in Matthew 7 and 7, ask and it shall be given to you. Seek and ye shall find. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. Romans 14, 11, for it is written, as I live, saith the Lord, every knee shall bow to me and every tongue shall confess to God. Church, the word of God is not permissible. It is not just a thought or a wish, but it is a commandment from Jesus himself. It is the promise unto you and you and you. Matthew 4 and 4, but but he answered and said, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but every word that proceeded out of the mouth of God. Acts 1 and 8, but you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon ye, and ye shall be witnesses. Aren't you thankful for the promises of God tonight? Hallelujah, hallelujah. Romans 6, 14, for sin shall not have dominion over you, for ye are not under the law, but under grace. See, I realize then why people are battling to the death over this one little word, because this one word can change and shape so many things. Hallelujah. So I begin. Hallelujah. So I began looking at various versions of the Bible, KJV, compared to the NIV and ESV, etc. And no, I'm not here to tell you which version to read or that. But looking at these different translations is important. You see, after studying, I went to try to see what the Greek words of shall was originally used to mean. And you know what it was used to mean? An obligation. An obligation means an act or course of action to which a person is morally or legally bound. A duty of commitment. And the word will, many of your different versions will use will in place of shall, but will was used to mean desire or intention. 
to decide in the mind that something will be done. I don't know about you, but I don't want my mind to be deciding anything when it comes to the scriptures of the Lord. For example, let's read it like this. Romans 6, 14, for sin will not have dominion over ye, for ye are not under the law, but under grace. (laughs) It doesn't work like that. No, sin does not get to desire or intend to have dominion over you, but sin is commanded to not have dominion over you. That is why for sin shall not not will not, shall not have dominion over you. Then Peter said unto them, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for remission of sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. No, my friend, it's not just a desire or an attempt for you to receive the gift. It is a promise unto you. You shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Acts 1 and 8, but ye will receive power. No, it's not just the intent, but it's a promise. Ye shall receive power. Shall, shall, shall is used 9,837 times in the KJV Bible versus the usage of will used 3,837 times in the King James Version. And sometimes that will was referred to as the will of the Lord or or your will, not just will, but words matter. Words matter. Just like a bonus one, just like the word um, for the remission of sins. Some versions will say for the forgiveness of sins. Friends, study your word. I don't want to be forgiven just of my sins. I want them to be remitted underneath the water of the baptism of the Holy Ghost. When you remit something, they are can- you're canceled of a debt or a charge or penalty. My God, remit my sins. Don't just forgive me, Lord. Forgiveness is just the first step when you repent. But when you go down in that water, your sins are remitted from that book of life. So next time someone says, oh, this is just a technical change, that should give your ear pause. When you hear the word will or may or shall, study it. What does that really mean? The first words that I'll look at when reading over a piece of legislation now, the very first words, I'll do a control and search, is shall and may, because those make the biggest impacts. They matter. Be encouraged when you read your word. God has made a lot of promises to us, if we go by alone of how many times shall is used in the Bible and the Greek word meant a promise, that's a lot of promises. Isaiah 54, 14, 15, in righteousness shall thou be established. Thou shall be far from oppression, for thou shall not fear and from terror, for it shall not come near thee. Behold, they shall surely gather together, but not by me. Whosoever shall gather together against thee shall fall for thy sake. Psalm 34 and 1, I will bless thee, Lord, at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. It's not an option whether I get to praise or not. It's a commandment that I will praise the Lord at all times. Hallelujah. My soul shall make her boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear their of and be glad. Evil shall slay the wicked, and they that hate the righteous shall be desolate. Oh, I wish somebody could get excited tonight over these words. Psalm 34, 22, the Lord redeemeth the soul of his servants, and none of them that trust in him shall be desolate. 
I have set the Lord always before me because he is at my right hand. I shall not be moved. Philippians 4.19, but my God shall supply all my need according to his riches and glory by Jesus Christ. I never thought I would get so excited over one little word, just one powerful word. But oh, when you start to read the word of God and think of his goodness and how he set me free. Hallelujah, hallelujah. There is so much to be thankful for, for that one little word, shall, shall. Hallelujah, hallelujah. And I want to leave y'all with one as I close, just a little thought. I leave you with one extra thought. Jesus said, come into him as little children. You must come with him with an open mind toward him and his promises. When a bill is ran, most of the time, I hope I'm not being recorded. <laughs> if you don't know this, which most of you do, Sister Denise, I'm sure you are. When a bill is brought into a committee room or on the house floor, nine times out of ten, that vote is already determined. They will not run a bill if they don't have the votes to pass unless they're a freshman, and then that happens quite a bit. But they know if that bill is going to pass or fail before they even take it in the room. Hence, a lot of the late nights, they call it whipping votes. You call and you call, and then if they have concerns, you meet with them. And though these people have concerns, and you meet with them, and you're doing all of these meetings. And when you know that you have the vote ready to pass or fail in your favor because you can also kill a bill as well, then you take that before the committee floor and hope no one goes rogue. Well, now, there are a few rogue ones, but, <laughs> but unless they go rogue, you know, you know, because you know why their minds are already made up. And that got me thinking, when we come into the house of God, is your mind already made up? You know, are, is, are you open to hearing the word of God, the commandments of God, just the word of God. Are you open to him? I don't want to already have my mind made up when it comes to receiving a word from the Lord. Come to him as little children. Come to him as little children. If nothing else, maybe my job is helping me because it's pointing out these little things in my life and making me realize. So I challenge you, when you go into your prayer closet or your bedroom or wherever you do your Bible reading, maybe at the kitchen table, you just start underlining the word shall. And every word shall and shall and shall and the promise unto you and your children and children, as many of our gods, and just underline it, underline it. That one little word can have such an impact on how you read. God is good, and I am so thankful for his promises. I am so thankful how that one little word gave me the greatest gift of all. It's not a possibility to receive the Holy Ghost. If you want it, you shall receive the gift. And I am so thankful. The Lord bless y'all today.